1: Your perfect home sweet home.
0: My next guest is on the phone. Uh, It's the summer of 1984 and it's season three of Snowfall. Crack cocaine is spreading like wildfire through South Central Los Angeles, continuing this path of destruction and changing the culture forever. My next guest is making his mark in Hollywood as the lead patriarch, Jerome Saint, in FX hit series Snowfall. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. Amen, Joseph. Hey, hey, what's going on, brother? Uh, my man. So, so, so you're in Los Angeles right now, but you, you're East Coast boy, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually from Harlem, New York. I was born in Queens. I grew up, raised in Harlem.
0: Now, now, are you the are you a new Harlem guy? Because you know, are you an old Harlem guy? Because back in the day, when they wouldn't pick us up and take us up north in New York, because I was I moved to New York and. uh Eighty-eight. So I moved to New York. So if you was in Lower East Side, mm-hmm. you try to take a cab up north, they say, who know? Who
1: know? Yeah, I know? yeah, I know all about that. You know yeah. about that, when right? I was, uh, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I grew up in, in Harlem through mm-hmm. the Koch era, the Jenkins yeah, mm-hmm. era, mm-hmm. the Giuliani era, mm-hmm. Bloomberg era. It wasn't really until the, the uh, Blasio era that you could catch a cab. Absolutely. You know now you could you could catch a cab downtown. They will actually stop for you, which is which is remarkable because you know growing up we used to have to take uh, African delivery right, uh, the cabs, gypsy cab. Like livery cab, right. whatnot. You know. Yeah, because those were the only ones that would would stop for us, which was actually okay because it you know it it was like you know helping out brothers. It, it was you know I me. Mean? It was like all right they ain't picking us up, then we have our own cab services and that money was circulating within the community.
0: Absolutely. So, you you know,
1: know,
0: it was all good. Yeah, because I, I wanted to talk about that. You know, I, I, you know, because cause when I was living in New York, and it's really, I'm telling tell you, what really changed the game was Uber. Uber changed the game for how we were getting picked up in New York. I mean, consistently, because mm-hmm. it got so competitive that they just wanted to pick up anybody anywhere. Cause you go to New York right now, mm-hmm. it does not look like, especially the Harlem area, it does not look like the Harlem of, that, of 1988 for sure. And and, and, and not at all. It's, it's really interesting. So, but guess what's still there? The Apollo is still there.
1: Oh man, that's where I grew up, Apollo Theater.
0: So tell us about that, because the, I always because the, the average the legends person, legends
1: are born and dreams are made. Baby. Oh,
0: look, he got the speech. He got, got the speech. The
1: <laughs> I used to. Hey, listen, I used to. I used to uh, growing up. At the Apollo, I've done everything there from usher to patch lights to be to uh, you know run, uh, do a little assistant work, clerical work, and all type of stuff there. Remember, I used to open the door on amateur night. Would be every Wednesday, um, seven p.m. There's an amateur night um, that's been going on since the 1940s. Yes, and. I would open the door, I would have my little bow tie on, my little tuxedo shirt, my black pants starched and everything, <laughs> with, the, with the shiny black shoe, and I would open the door and I'd open it up and I'd say, welcome to the Apollo of Thars the born and legends of me. <laughs> that was my little, I had to say that thing about a thousand times a night, bro.
0: But you know, but it seems like that's that was, this is what you wanted to do. You know, I would tell you my degree <laughs> is in mathematics, so... I eventually became a stand-up comedian, and then became a sitcom writer, and I started managing talent, and now I'm just I'm a talent myself now, a personality, I would mm-hmm. say, as well as an entrepreneur. So tell me about the fact that he is a young African American, and, uh, and, you, and you see this bigger-than-life theater, like you said, since the '40s, you know, from. Everybody, every mm-hmm. legends played there. Even Steve Harvey <laughs> hosted there mm-hmm. many years and really launched his career from Showtime mm-hmm. or the Apollo or the Showtime at Apollo was the TV show that he launched his career. How important did yeah. that that building or that culture play in your life today?
1: Well, um, to me, you know, of course, I'm a, it's my backyard. I'm a, I'm a you know I'm a hometown kid, but I honestly think that the Apollo Theater is the epicenter for black entertainment in the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, if you look at the if you look at the legacy, the um, you know, everyone from Percy Sutton, um to to like you said, uh Steve Harvey to to Monique to I've seen Korn perform there, the late Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. um Diana Ross, mm. um the temptations, as a little as a little kid, fourteen years old, I would see these legendary performances, Patti LaBelle, and then also the the, the stage performances, the plays that would come up there. George C. Wolf bringing Harlem Song mm-hmm. up there, mm-hmm. and you know, like I said, even Bill Clinton playing his saxophone on the Apollo stage, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, seeing all of the the pol- politicians like. Uh, uh, Charlie Wrangell and, and and Al Sharpton and, and seeing drives for the community when our legends like James Brown died to see his funeral procession come down on a hundred and twenty fifth street and stop right. and pay respects at the Apollo Theater.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot of legacy. It's a lot of Harlem there. I feel like it's um that's what's in me, you know what I mean? Like I'm um, I um yeah, it's just a part of my upbringing. It's like second nature. I've seen, you know, so many people perform there. So many nights looking at the being backstage or being way up in the balconies and watching and one day thinking that I would be able to, to grace that stage and be a, the performer that I am now. Um, it started for me being a little kid, 13 years old, working there.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. We're speaking to uh, Eamon Joseph, uh, one of the stars of the, uh, FX series snowfall. Let's talk about, um this story. You know, when I, when I go back to series that, uh, it's really interesting when you talk about, uh, uh, cocaine or crack or drug, drug, uh, movies, or series, uh, the, 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 the series that stands out was, uh, new Jack city with, uh, mm. whether well, that came, that came blew me away. Uh, or Wesley Snipes should have been nominated for an Oscar based on his Nino mm-hmm. Brown character, and then mm-hmm. then this is just then and but but this Snowfall has that same, uh, you know you know you're doing something bad you know it's not good but you the characters are so developed that you that you feel a support system as a viewer for the characters. Tell us about that mm-hmm. because you know what I'm saying because we can watch these you know like Godfather movies and we can root for you know. All them and they go wow. They, but you know these are these are bad people. But we fall in mm-hmm. love with the, the actors, the way it's stylized and and and. But, and mm-hmm. So when I watch snowfalls, Falls, I go like, wow, they they're actually accomplishing. And when I say that, that's why I bring up New Jack City. New Jack City was man, every character was so clearly mm-hmm. defined and 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 you, you you rooted for them and you and you knew they were and denounced their behavior, but you went wow, that was really good. That the takeaway from that. Are you getting? The, are you receiving that same response from the character that you're playing and the other characters on the series?
1: Yeah, um, that's a very layered, uh, layered question because you do have the. Um, there is a part of the glorification yes. of mm-hmm. the of the of the drug dealer or mm-hmm. the villain. Period. Um, a big part of escapism and entertainment is living out fantasies that you would not do in real life. And a lot of times that comes from the villain, the person that is selling drugs, or the person that has some maniacal scheme of being filthy rich and Mm -hmm. um, not living up to the consequences that we would in everyday life and the social responsibility, the conscience. Um, So, yeah, I, I understand how an audience can get wrapped up in to a glorification of these type of, uh, of these type of characters. But then I also think that what good writers and good storytellers do is you try to bring a humanity Mm -hmm. um, that isn't just about toting a gun and wearing big chains or, Mm -hmm. or having, you know, a lot of uh, sex and cars and, you know, that, you look at the the trajectory of people, of a family, mm-hmm. that for their own individual reasons and collectively, they embark on selling drugs as a family business. Right. But it's a family, and we all relate to family. So I think that that's the way that the writers, definitely with Snowfall, mm-hmm. have, have sort of um, made the audience endeared to these characters because it is a family we see them eat as a family unit we see them take care of each other we see them responsible for each absolutely. other's well-being and i think that that's the kind of thing that puts you at odds with oh my god they're doing something bad but i root for them because i know somewhere inside them intrinsically there's good and there's and you know what i mean so oh absolutely um,
0: absolutely you, you know, know the, the basis I of think, all those series you know, I think is family. when
1: you really look at the human condition, you, we usually find these traits within ourselves and our family members, uh, you know. Um, so it, it's complicated, you know.
0: Oh, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And for any series it's on Netflix called the Narco Series Family, the Power mm-hmm, Series mm-hmm. Family. And then to hear you, that's exactly the key component. The relatable. What's relatable? You can't be related. Nobody can relate to a drug dealer. Nobody, but you can't relate to the, the family structure, caring for the mom, the dad, the parents, the sisters, the brothers, the uncles. How they intertwine and how some are some are against it, some are understanding, some are saying, "Hey man, what other options do I have?" Okay, this is the hand I've been mm-hmm. dealt with, and I'm gonna win with this hand. That was some good acting right there. Exactly.
1: Mr. Joseph, you know that. <laughs> exactly. You, th- you I think they could you cast me, man? I like you us think you... about to send you some
2: sides over there. You on
0: next season, all right? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it's great talking to you. We got another break coming up. I want to get in more detail about your character and some other work that you're doing. we have having a great fun, a lot of fun on the show, money making conversation. And, um, hey, my man, thank you for coming on my show. We'll be right back to hear more about you. talk about uh, this let's talk about life in general when you talk about money-making conversation let's talk about opportunity when we talk about money-making conversations. let's talk about what you're trying to do to be successful that's what money-making conversation is all about how you can be successful on my show is a, a mr joseph he's one of the stars from the series xf fxc i got to do all these different characters because he told me i could i could do some sides you know for the series uh, Snowfall Snowfall. now this series was created by uh the late i want to say late and uh great uh, John Singleton. Uh, he created, I remember when the show was announced for FX and, um, and for the series to continue, that means that the structure of the show's writers, the producers, the actors was in place. The structure was in place and to have this type of character development, the show was set in South Central. Um, when a lot, of, a lot of people in the South Central community can't get upset because that labels their community. But it's set in 1984. Okay. That was the year of the Olympics in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. 1984. Yep. And so, well, I think it was one of the cornerstone changes when Carl Lewis won all his gold medals and uh, Greg Grant Lou Gaines mm-hmm. was diving off the off the board and all that stuff. And Mary Lou Retton was making tens. Mm-hmm. That was 1984 <laughs> in Los Angeles, which changed the game for the Olympics for America moving forward. You know, because 1976, the only thing we had was Bruce Jenner on the Wheaties box with 1984 changed the game. So with that setting, with that backdrop, tell us about your character. And, and when you, when you audition for the character, what were the motivational uh, angles that you took?
1: Interesting. Um, <laughs> for auditioning, for auditioning, I, I, I didn't go the the, the, what seemed like the low hanging fruit. Um which would have been to put on a, a heavy um what I would think is a Los Angeles uh uh native accent, um to have a body um to basically walk in as a caricature of things mm-hmm. that I'd seen on television
2: mm-hmm.
1: um indicative of what eighty four uh, would have been. And I, I did, you know, I did research the music of Absolutely. the time. I did, um, I did look at a lot of, you know, the clothing and, and truthfully, I, I looked at it and I threw all of that away. I, um, something told me go deeper than that. And, um, where that led me was that fact that this man, uh, Jerome Saint is a grown man. Um, when we meet him in 84, Mm -hmm. I mean, he was probably born in the fifties. So his influence would be the sixties music, the seventies music, not necessarily what's going on in 84, very similar to myself. I am born in 80, my times was the late nineties. So that's what, as a grown man, that's what well, you know, you put on some late nineties music, early two thousands, that's my time. That's when I that's was right, high new school, addition. That's right. college. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I had to look at it a little deeper than just going, Oh, well eighty four, let me put on some chucks and, and gang
0: banging. Uh, no, this uh, no, man,
1: no, no, no.
0: Mothership, no, no, no.
1: mothership. Mother George answers. Clinton, this come on. In, mothership. He's in, mm-hmm. yeah, he's influenced. Yeah, there you go. Boosie. He, he's influenced uh by the Panthers. He's influenced by the Vietnam War. And once I started looking at that, it started making me... It reminded me of my uncles. It reminded me of my cousins that I grew up with. And looking at those men at that time that wasn't really into the exact fad of that moment because they were throwbacks to another era. They just happened to be living during that time. So that's kind of some of the stuff that I... First started layering the character with, That's powerful. and it gave me a strong. It gave me a strong foundation to build him to build on. Well, you, you know? know,
0: because that character is, is my my era. When I when I listen to you lay it out, it's very relatable to mm-hmm. me because you know, I, yeah. I, I I I was exposed to the JFK assassination. I was exposed to the Martin Luther mm-hmm. King assassination. I did. I, I understood the ramifications of the Vietnam War you know, and then, yeah. and then Shaft, the movie came out, I was yeah. sneaking in, watching Shaft, you know, I wasn't of age, Yeah, wow, and he's with a, a white woman, you know, that was, that was mm-hmm. shocking, you know, that this is the era that I grew up in, so, 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 and then as, as I kept growing and evolving as a person, graduating from high school, <laughs> going to college, then 84, mm-hmm. like I said, that was the year of the Olympics, that was 84, it, You know, when when the Olympics came there, they remodeled Los Angeles, you know, and they changed the Mm -hmm. whole layout of it. And so to hear this whole infrastructure, this new infrastructure called crack cocaine coming in and flooding the system, Mm -hmm. that really is powerful. Where you talked about it, suddenly your character became really super relatable to me because I can understand any internal anger that he had, any internal, hey, man, you know, I'm doing what I got to do. And also this is mm-hmm. this is the this is the hand that's been given to me. Sometimes you gotta deal with it. So you'll just you laying out that whole process. That's why I always like to talk to individuals who do these fascinating characters because it isn't not it's not just reading lines and walking in. It's about what is the journey of this character, what is the age of this character? Because you can't walk into a nineteen eighty four set talking two thousand
1: nineteen. Exactly. Wow. And and like I said, you can't go into a nineteen with a nineteen eighty four character that's a grown man and let the influences of that character be the the date, the the, the time that he's playing. So like I said, he's he's influenced by that by the sixties and the in the seventies. And like you mentioned, Shaft, you know. Oh yeah. Um, whereas the young men, um, you know, my nephew uh, uh, Franklin. And his friends Kevin and Leon—they're inspired by The Godfather because that's uh, this is their time, and they're looking at The Godfather and they're going, "Hey man, I'm shooting up and mm-hmm. all that." And for Jerome, it's like, "Yo, movie was good, but for me, it's Shaft went. It's Shaft goes to Africa. You there know you know go. It's, there you go. It's 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 Black Caesar. There you know go. what I mean? It, it's a different. Come on now, a, the Mac. Jim it's Jim Kelly, the Mac. Dang right really those are the influences Superfly. that Come on would now. make Jerome super fly, baby. That's <laughs> the influences that's going to make Jerome Saint who he is. Mm-hmm. He ain't looking up to know Tony Montana because he's a grown man. There you, you know? go. There so, you go. Um, so that's where some of his Crank Tanker, you know, he's a little crane Tankerist, you know, you kind of would know it all because he's seen and done a lot. And, um, and but yeah, that's where I'm getting a lot of those influences.
0: Well, they're powerful um, and they're relatable from, to me. And they're relatable to, uh, they, that makes your character authentic because it's coming from a from a source. And so when you're talking, I can understand you a lot better now. Now, at this point in the series, we like about episode nine. So can you can you let us know what's coming up or can you just, Give us a, a cliff note of what has happened on this series, so we can be ready for the the final episodes that are coming up.
1: Well, I don't. I'm not sure if I can give spoilers for nine. Oh, uh, come
0: on, I'm man! They, they, they do it all the time. Come on, Nine, Joseph. Come on, I'm man! They have coming up. I'm they have coming up. But,
1: um, you know, the the folks get real mad at me when I when I. I'm give mad at anything. you, Dad. Even if I say, even if I say, you know, old. No is gonna be crazy tonight. People be like, "Don't spoil it." Where you about? It's crazy about? every said, night. Said, every Wednesday
0: is crazy. I ain't, I ain't let this cat crazy.
1: out the bag. Jerome ain't no snitch, you know. <laughs> but um, but what I can't
2: tell you. <laughs> I love this dude. Man. This I what
1: him. I can't tell you. Okay, thank you. This series, um, in my opinion, from episode seven of 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 this uh, third season, mm-hmm. um, we to me this series took it, there's a pivot yes sir there's a pivot into a more dangerous world for the family the community and definitely the major players the people that are are that franklin cares about we can see that with his girlfriend that was supposed to go to spellman that now is you know heavily indulged in 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 crack usage mm-hmm. um we see things crumbling and we see the responsibility. We see some of the fallout, some of the effects of what this drug is doing to some of the people closest to him. And, um, episode nine, after after episode eight, where we just watched, um, a man that was almost like a father figure. We're talking about, you know, the, the police officer next door, the, the father to your first love, your first girlfriend, um, We're talking about, you know, Franklin State that just took this man's life because of the implications of what this man knows about, you know, dealings with the CIA and FBI and just this big world. Who could imagine? You know, this kid could be in college right now. Right. With his smarts. Right. He could easily be he could easily be working for any Fortune 500 company. Right. He could be his own entrepreneur right now in a different game other than, you know, than uh, cocaine. And I just think that as we get into nine, first of all, the audience is going to be completely laid out this episode. There's no way to see what's coming. Mm-hmm. And um, and truthfully, it's going to follow up in episode 10. That's just going to be even more of shock, awe. Um, yeah, I, I've told people, take a sedative before okay. tonight. No,
0: don't don't you know, go get no your, further. Get your, get your he, little sedative, he, 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 he okay? He, 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 he don't don't little, go no further that. Get go, your little something. Don't be, be, be that, mad at Money Made Conversations. We you let that dude talk too much. <laughs> put some peace in your pipe, right?
1: Because um, oh, yeah. it's going to it's gonna be a lot of anxiety at the end mm-hmm. of this uh, series, uh, wrapping up season cool. three. It, it's um, really... I think the writers um, you have adjust. executed, and mm-hmm. the the directors um, have come through, and it's just a tribute to our writing staff on Snowfall, you know, held by Dave Andron, and mm-hmm. and you know, this is during the time we actually lost John Singleton. We I lost wow. John mm-hmm. in episode. Uh, we lost John. We didn't have John from eight for eight going forward. Mm-hmm. On the last episode, we had in four with seven.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, so I'm really proud that these are some of my favorite episodes and where the series is going.
0: I love talking to you, man. You're awesome. We're talking to Eamon Joseph, uh, one of the stars of the FX series, uh, Snowfalls. Uh, do me a favor. Can you come back on my show? Because I know you got other projects you're working on, but I was so caught up in who you are, so caught up in the series. Every Wednesday, you can catch on FX Snowfalls. Please come back on my show, sir.
1: Oh, yeah.